Hello there, listeners. This is Jim, the Keys Bartender, coming to you from Key Largo. If you're not familiar with the Keys Bartender podcast, it's a show about Keys life, bartending, and life in general. Today, we'll be talking about bartending cures for hiccups. I only have one in particular, but I'm going to talk about it generally different cures you can try. There's other ones that you don't really want to try uh, because they involve plunging in pools because you don't, most bars don't have it unless you're a poolside bar or something like that or a cold pool. But I'll get into that later. Also, what does it mean to see how you react to a football game or if you're a big fan to a big loss? What does that say about you, really? What does it say about you? you know you about you in general and also we're going to talk about the revenge of the telemarketers or the scam artists actually not the uh, telemarketers i think it's revenge of the telemarketers but let's get back to the bartending cures if you're not if you get the hiccups and if you're not, if you're not prone to hiccups congratulations that's great but what are hiccups they're involuntary spasm of the diaphragm and it causes your vocal cords to suddenly shut and that produces the hiccup, like that. And for everyone that experiences them, they are annoying. They are certainly annoying. And everyone has a different cure for it. But they can—they seem sometimes to last for hours, though. Most of them last less than a half hour. But there is one instance, this one, I found it interesting. This guy, Charles Osborne, had it for 68 years. He was a farmer and... He was 28, 29 years old in 1922, and he was hanging a 35, a 350-pound hog, and he fell. And after he fell, he started hiccuping. He proceeded to hiccup for the next 68 years, from 1922 to 1990. And in that, he saw doctors and spent a lot of money on that, doctors, and tried every cure there, there didn't been out there actually one time there was a remedy he took was was some type of hormone but and for 36 hours he stopped hiccuping but the cure was worse than the affliction so he stopped and uh, and they finally stopped you think 68 years the guy was 29 and 68 so he, he he must have stopped when he died no the hiccups stopped a year before he died when he was 97 years, when we died at 97. So I guess when he was 96, he stopped hiccuping. So that must have been something. And he was able to, he got married twice and had eight children. So he wasn't, that didn't interfere with him. I mean, he did, did a lot of that when he was uh, hiccuping. Maybe helped him. It may have helped his rhythm or something like that. But for, if you're a bartender or you're, you know, you work in a restaurant or just generally, if you don't work in it, you, you've gotten hiccups and you, you probably have a bunch of home remedies for it. Now, most people, and I'll start out real quick, if you just wait it out, that's what uh, doctors say. He says, eventually your body will stop doing the hiccups, right? It will stop, just go back to it. It's a voluntary movement. But other people like to hasten that by doing something. And there's a psychosomatic uh, component to the cures. So some sometimes, just like placebo effect, if 
you're trying something and you really believe in it and it's an involuntary muscle spasm and it's not caused by a, a tumor on your brainstem, which they say that in rare instances, that's when you have really long-term hiccups. That could be a possibility, though it's rare, so that's unlikely. So a lot of times they say there's home, home remedies. They're, they're kind of psychosomatic. The, the, the one that the, I'm going to talk about, the, probably the biggest ones right now. There's probably hundreds of them. And then I'm going to tell you about mine as a bartender that you want to. Uh, I think it works because part of it, like I said, it's psychosomatic. And if you explain it to people like that, maybe you're counteracting it. So you may not want to say the psychosomatic part. So drink backwards. So drink backwards. You drink a glass of water backwards. So you would go to the opposite lip of the glass, lean over as far forward as you can and drink the glass almost like you're drinking upside down. And uh, you're, you're pouring it into the upper part of your mouth and you're drinking the water. And there's also people that do little sips. There's a swallow without anything. Do the swallowing thing three times. That supposedly interrupts the rhythm or something like that. Um, scare someone. Now, that's a good thing. Like, you know, you got to be really careful about that because people, you know, you don't, when you're in a in, in setting where there's um, sharp objects, people are sticking forks in their mouth and glasses up to their face. I don't know if you want to be screaming all of a sudden, you know, trying to scare somebody. So you should be really ginger about that. You know, if you got, you have to, you have, some of these you have to feel out the person. Like if someone has the hiccups and they're known for having cardiac issues, I don't, I would strongly suggest that you don't do the scare or frighten thing because yeah, you may end the hiccups, but you almost may end the person's life. Who knows, you know, if they're prone, prone to a cardiac incident. So you got to be really selective with some of these things. Um, distract yourself distract yourself that's a weird thing how do you distract somebody but you just go and you start talking you know obviously you're outside you can say oh look at that look at this look at this look at these boobs someone's ass is hanging out this or whatever you want to say and and that's place the psychosomatic part where you're you're not paying attention to the hiccups diaphragmatic breathing there's another thing diaphragmatic breathing instead of breathing from your upper lungs and that's where everything occurs like where you're you're your vocal cords, when that snaps, and when your throat snaps shut, that's the upper part. But when you practice diaphragmatic breathing, that's in the lower part of your stomach. And you do, you know, you take deep breaths in, and you feel the, that, that's, um, you know, a lot of those, I, I mentioned psychosomatic, they're talking about uh, stimulating or activating the vagus nerve when you do these things, certain things. Uh, here's another one. Hold your breath. Hold your breath, because that also do it. You you would count to some weird ass number. You say count to. You can tell someone hold your breath and count to sixty. Now you got to watch. Some people are very adamant in stopping their hiccups, and uh, there are cases where people pass out from holding their breath. So you got to be careful with that. And uh, so yeah, you got to hold in breath. Got the quick breaths. Got little breaths. Eating spicy or sour food, like taking a shot of Tabasco. Now, for me, it's interesting because eating something spicy actually causes me to have 
hiccups a lot of times, right? Um, when I'm eating wings or eating a lot of hot sauce stuff, I've gotten that when I'm really overloaded with hot. Also eating something sour. So, I mean, I imagine that would be a good thing to do maybe if the person got the hiccups from something else, from something else. And we're going to talk about pairing of these things because, like I said, psychosomatic, uh, you know, if the person doesn't believe it, it may probably not not going to work. Um, paper, breathing in a paper bag, that's also a good thing. But the biggest one is wait it out. Just wait it out because eventually it'll end. And also always seems like forever, but they do eventually, eventually they will go away one way or another. And I really mean that, you know, someday, someday all breathing will stop. And without breathing, you don't have the hiccups. Well, my remedy, now this is a bartender's remedy. So we'll show you something. What you do is you take a sugar, you put it in a spoon, teaspoon, and then you take a little, um, a of um, bitters about three dashes you know get to cover up that sugar and then you squeeze a lemon into the spoon too and you take it and give it to the person now that institutes kind of like well there's a honey cure too so that sugar may do that or may not do it but the the bitters the honey and the lemon it it really kind of it's as successful as these other ones and remember, the things that really cause, and why you see that too much at a lot at the bar, because when you drink a lot of carbonated or you have too much alcohol, that could start to do it. You know, spicy food, alcohol, um, excitement when you're, when you're anxious. There's a lot of people that get hiccups frequently. I don't, not so much. So I also want to talk about, since we're, talking about remedies and cures, I was trying to remedy some of these scam, missed, uh, wrong number text where people are trying to um, uh, run run a scam on you by sending a wrong number text saying hi and this and that. And I, you know, I have a little fun with them, the last one. Hopefully they'll still call back because we had a little back and forth and actually they sent me another message with another on another number using another number, not realizing it was me. They were using their different number to come in, but they used the same person. They used the same character that they invented, Zia from Los Angeles. And it's always someone from the West Coast. They're not very creative. They can't, I mean, if you're gonna contact someone in Miami, they don't have to be in LA, they could be in Chicago, but I guess they make it far enough away and in the States just so they can say they're, you know, there's some kind of way you can relate to someone. You're in the United States, but it's 3,000 miles away, so you're not going to pop in. You don't want to do it from accidentally send a message to someone in your zip code. It's always someone out of your other area code. And finally, the one that, uh, the second one I got was someone who had a Fort Lauderdale area code. And since I have a Mer uh, Miami one, they probably thought that would be better, but they didn't change their character. So right after that, though, within four days, I got a call from Japan and Sal Tome. Japan. Now, the call from Japan, a phone call, not a text message, was for me. and But it was from Japan. I thought that was interesting, so I took the call. And it was an accent from the subcontinent. 
I'm not going to say it was an Indian national or Burmese national or Pakistani or even it could be Sri Lankan. But it was that accent from the subcontinent. And you, they, they always had that, that accent. And I was talking to him, and it was a nice person. And they were, they were talking about my Keys Bartender website. And he's, they said we can improve it. We're going to help you sell that stuff. He said, "Well, you found the Keys Bartender, and you saw what it is. Do you know what a podcast is? Yes, that's what it's for." And they said, "Well, we can make your podcast uh, website better." I said, "What would you do to make it better? I'm not selling anything yet." I've been trying to sell stuff, but it's really not happening. I'm trying to sell T-shirts and things like that, but that doesn't happen. So I figure I'm not going to go from paying what I spend, which is a lot less, and they want me to pay. You know, imagine if you're going to pay someone to design a website, it's not worth it unless they're going to pay a thousand bucks. Right now, with the advent of artificial intelligence, I can't imagine how you would. Um, why you would pay someone because it's virtually it's so easy to design your own website why would you why would you pay someone so they went on for a while and I, it took me like 10 minutes to tell the guy i'm not interested i didn't say yes because i also heard the story about when you're on a phone call if they try to get you to say yes they use that as that affirmation as an agreement but if i don't give anybody any payment information there's really nothing they can do unless they're they have access to my payment information but which hopefully they don't i'm gonna i'm gonna be on the lookout because i may have just raised some maybe i should change my my phone number or something like that but once you have a phone number that's out there it's going to be someone that's going to take advantage of it eventually so there's that now, I don't know, if you're an avid listener, you know I'm originally from Philadelphia, and yesterday was the Super Bowl, and I am a big Philadelphia Eagles fan. I'm a huge Philadelphia Eagles fan. And it was a good game. They lost. Uh, it was a bit flat. I'm not going to go over it. If you're, if you're a football fan or not, if you're a football fan, you see that the, the Eagles were up going into halftime, and they looked like they were doing well, but they just couldn't stop the Kansas City Chiefs. The defense couldn't stop the Chiefs, and the, the quarterback did a good job. I thought it was a great game. So the way I view it, though, it's your reaction to these, um, what do you call these downturns in life that happened and stuff like that. When you're really a fan of something and really want something to happen, when it doesn't happen, it's such a big focus on it. Because first of all, whether the Philadelphia Eagles win or lose, it really doesn't check my life. It doesn't affect my life. If they lost every game this season, won every game this season, won the Super Bowl, it really wouldn't change my life. It would change my feeling about it and make me feel happy. And I don't know why I would feel particularly sad if they did lose. I didn't feel super sad because I really liked the coach. The coach of Kansas City Chiefs used to be the coach for the Eagles. And, and I liked the quarterback. And, and their two brothers, uh, the Kelsey brothers, one plays for the Chiefs and the other plays for the Eagles. So there wasn't a lot of vitriol going back and forth, hard feelings about these things, right? And, you know, there's always sour grapes. You know, you always think... If you lose some tightly uh, contested contest, that it's possible that there was some force that 
helped you lose. Like people talk about the cause of ref. Some people may talk about the field. I shouldn't even say any of this stuff, right? But you know what it comes down to? It's a contest. And it was a close contest, and it very well could be the next day. It would have been the, um, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles could have been the, uh, the Super Bowl champions, but they weren't. They weren't. And my reaction was slightly downbeat last night, a little depressed. A little depressed, I have to tell you. And I felt odd about that. I felt odd today about it, hearing the news about it. And I'm thinking, well, they played their game. They showed up in the Super Bowl. You have to, you want it to be a good contest. Right? You want your team to play well. I don't necessarily, I really enjoyed when the Philadelphia Eagles really beat someone badly. But then again, in retrospect, I hate seeing anybody lose badly. I hate seeing anybody embarrassed. I'm not a big fan of people being embarrassed in front of things. So, I mean, I'm able to say, well, you know what? Kansas City Chiefs should feel pretty good. It's their second one in three years. I mean, it would have been the second one for the Eagles in five years if they won, which would have been pretty good, you know. But, no, that didn't turn out to be a case. That wasn't the case. And you are, if you're a person in the world, in the United States, and you're slightly knowledgeable about sports, you'll realize that Philadelphia, much like several other cities, has really bad reputation on how their fans behave, right? So I thought, what's well, better? You know, Friday I had a class. You don't know this, but I have a, a class, a spin class I teach, and I wore my Philadelphia Eagles hat to the thing, and I played the Eagles fight song, and I played Fly Like an Eagle by Steve Mar uh, Miller. I was going to say Steve Martin. And I did that, and I didn't trash the Kansas City Chiefs or anything like that, but I did that. And I'm thinking, wow. I've seen reaction videos of people like um, certain fans of other teams. Teams, when they don't perform well, I see them smashing TVs, getting angry. I mean, I think, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of Philadelphia Eagles fans that behave badly after losing. But, you know, being a good sport does not make you a loser does not make you a loser. It's how you deal with a loss that shows your commitment. I mean, are you only a fan of the team when the team wins? No, not true for Philadelphia Eagles because the Philadelphia Eagles have a long history of not making a playoffs and not having, they've had many runs of not particularly great teams. And I know there's a lot of cities out there like it, but it's not necessarily just about sports, right? It's about how we deal with people. We have friends out there that don't always win, and they have some downturns. Yeah, it's a be, It's really easy and popular to be friends or a fan of someone who's winning, who's winning, who's successful. But it's really tough, and it, but it shows loyalty and character when you stand by someone who's going through some adversity. Some adversity could be, be have nothing to do with them. Just like a sports team, you know, if you have bad if you have bad officiating, you have a ball going the wrong direction or something like that. It just happens. Things aren't always right in life. You don't always win. The you know the ball doesn't go through the uprights. 
right? The, the fastball doesn't always make it right over home plate. It could be a ball and you could walk someone or you could strike someone out. And the same thing goes in life. You could get the promotion. You don't get the promotion. You get engaged to the person. You don't get engaged to the person. The marriage is last. The marriage is divorced. You know? You, the, the job. They're getting fired. All these things. It happens in life. Loss happens to everyone. Even winners. People that win all the time lose a lot. Some people seem to win more than others. Some people lose more than others. But the rest of us experience that same in probably pretty, pretty equal terms. Or, you know, just getting by. But just someone having a run, a bad run of luck or losing badly doesn't mean we reject them all, do you? I mean, there's teams out there. There's football teams. I remember for the longest time when I was a kid, I remember the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, when I was a kid, when I was in high school, 1979, 1980, 81, I remember a couple times they were like 1 in 15, meaning only one win, 15, and they still had people show up for the games. Still had people show up for the games. Miami Dolphins here, I'm a fan. Uh, them. They, they, uh, they have fans. They, they, uh, you know, they have their, uh, they've been rebuilding for a while. They haven't been good for a, a little while since Dan Marino. But, you know, someday they do come back. People, if you persist, if you persist, you will come back. And that's the, that's the thing. And you have to stand by it. And it's an honorable thing to stand by a team, a person, and even a country. Even a country. Think of it. Think of uh, people, if you lose a battle, if you lose a battle, do you lose the war? No, you keep on fighting. You keep on fighting. I don't want to make this political, but look at Ukraine. They, they've lost some battles and stuff. They're still fighting. It's very vicious right now. They've been kind of, you know, staying strong. They put up a good fight. The Russians know they're in the fight and they'll come back. And the same thing goes for life. So it's it's easy. It's really easy. I just want to show people how easy it is to be there for when people win. But how important it is to be there for people when they lose. It shows that much more character. It shows a lot more depth. You know, depth of loyalty, friendship, commitment. So today when I taught my spin class, I wore my hat. I didn't take it off when you lose and things like that. You know, it's not the same as people like 160 years ago. You know, if you're still reliving something from 160 years ago, maybe you should give it up. But, you know, winning isn't everything and losing isn't the end of everything either. There's another day for that. Well, this is Jim the Keys bartender. I'm in the show today. I'll be back. Again, probably later in this week. Tomorrow I have, wait, before I end it, tomorrow I have jury duty. I do have jury duty. Let me talk about the album. Maybe, I don't know if they'll let me record. I'll record before, after, and during. And I guess I can't talk about, I won't be able to talk about it, but I always, uh, I don't 
I have this thing where I show up for jury duty all the time. I try. I fear it's my duty as a citizen. I mean, I don't know how you feel about it, but I do. I'll talk about it, though, on the next show if I do get the opportunity, if they let me out early enough. So, you know, a lot of times they don't need a lot of juries down here. So they may, they may excuse me. I mean, I need to have to go because at 5 o'clock I got to call in. They'll say, hey, we have enough jurors. You don't need to show up. But I'll find out tomorrow. Well, I mean, I'll definitely find out tomorrow if I don't find out today. Take care. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you.